right, everybody. We have technology that is actually working for us tonight. So thank you for your patience and thank you for joining the show. We have a huge one ahead of us uh, this evening because we have a ton of information to get through. But thank you for joining another episode of League One on the Rocks. My name is Rich. You can find me on Twitter at I'm Rich, but I'm not. Joined as always by the man across from me in the screen here. That is Brian at Mediocre Ace on Twitter. Brian, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, better than better than yesterday when we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but it happens. You know, you can't get too upset about it. Yep, I was uh, I was pretty darn upset that we didn't get to do a show last night. I was really looking forward to it, uh, but luckily we have an awesome outline. Uh, we have a ton of information to get through. So even though we didn't do last night, we can do it tonight, and it's going to be a good one. Oh yeah, always. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let me jump into our stuff here. So I don't know if you knew this, but yesterday was uh, National Scarf Day. So if you took part, that's awesome. I have, obviously, I have my scarves behind me. Um, I think there's, you know, some deals going on around uh, the country. Uh, there's one specific one that's happening over at Ford Madison uh, where you can get three scarves for $36. And that deal is good through tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. So jump on that deal because you know that they have some good scarves over there. Oh, yeah. 12 bucks a scarf. I mean, you can't beat that at all. Yeah. Especially when you walk into a, a normal team store and they're close to 40 bucks. Yeah. If it's 12 bucks, take advantage of that deal. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard this. So this has been out in the news for about a month now. Uh, the International Football Association Board, uh, IFAB, uh, is thinking about changing the verbiage related to the offside uh, rule in the law book. And this comes from a video that's been circulating on social media. There have been other interviews since then to uh, get some details from that coach from the third division Swedish club, Thorns IF. And... In the law book, if you look at the offside rule, the specific verbiage is uh, when a player is in an offside position at the moment the ball is played or touched by a teammate. Um, you have to be in front of the second-to-last defender. Now, this coach found a loophole. So if your player is in an onside position and your teammate rolls the ball up onto his foot, technically the ball is still in the middle of its first touch or still being played. Mm -hmm. So if that player goes and runs from an onside position into an offside position, they're still considered onside, and that player can flick the ball from his foot over the defense to that player running at the goal, and he's still considered onside. Yeah, I mean, by, it sounds like by letter of the law, that's how it should be. But yeah, yeah definitely got to look at that verbiage on that and figure out what exactly went wrong and how you can close that loophole. Yep. Uh, it's really interesting because he had several players who were being called offside and he had to argue, you know, this is the letter of the law. We are abiding by it. And so... Uh, that forced IFAB to come out and say, all right, fine. We'll take a look at the verbiage. You know, we'll look at, you know, changing it in the future. So I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I just wonder if they ever uh, 
if it cost them any games or if it won them any games. That's the real question. If it was just, if it was done in a route or, you know, to not really change the outcome of the match, then sure, why not? You know, not a big deal. But if it changed the outcome of a match, definitely a big deal. And the amount of time that it would take to roll the ball up on the foot and to flick it over the defense for that oncoming player, I feel like the defense would be right on top of that player while he's trying to do that. Yeah, so, that, that feels more like a backyard kind of move yeah. than anything else. I can't imagine the success rate is all that great. No. It's kind of like uh, Mighty Ducks 2 with the, the knuckle puck time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be jumping into an awesome episode tonight. Uh, there were, uh, There's some awesome matches that are going to be taking place starting even less than 24 hours from now. Uh, so the playoff chase is uh, full-on steam ahead. Um, and this could be the, the weekend where every single playoff uh, spot is clinched. Now, from there, the slotting battle would take place. But right. this week could be when every single or every one of those six clubs clinches a playoff spot. But we'll jump into that here uh, as we get into the previews. And before we get too far, Brian, what you drinking? Um, I have water with me right now, and I'll probably drink water for most of the night. Um, I may or may not go upstairs. I have a few, a few backspring backswing brewing company beers up there so i might dip into that before too long but for right now just water very cool and uh northern colorado people out there you're gonna love me tonight i'm trying voodoo ranger for the first time tonight it's good stuff i love voodoo ranger so i'm gonna use the the mug from oktoberfest I'm not normally an IPA person, but when I saw that it was Voodoo Ranger, I figured, ah, oh, what the hell? I'll give it a try. Yeah, it's, it's usually a little bit more mellow than some of the more hardcore IPAs, so yeah. I think you'll like it. Cool. All right, so let's do a quick review of uh, Week 28. So we had four teams that played twice. We had Central Valley, we had Ford Madison, North Carolina, and Northern Colorado. No teams had a bye week. Uh, we don't have any bye weeks for the rest of the season. It's good. Um, but we still have a few teams that have, um, you know, double match weeks. Uh, even, I mean, here this late in the season. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you got a couple matches that have had to be rescheduled and stuff like that. So, yep. I mean, that that just ends up happening. I mean, how long the season is, it's bound to happen. Yeah. On Wednesday night, we had a scoreless draw between Madison and Northern Colorado. That one was, I mean, as even as it gets uh, from a statistical standpoint, not only was it 0-0, um, they were close in their XG, they were close in their defensive XG, they were close in shots, shots on target. I mean, this was a very even match. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't seem like that going into that, that that was going to happen. That was going to be the thing. Um, I mean, Madison has been very 
up or down and they're not they haven't been a team that really has been consistent for the whole season where northern colorado has just been consistently good all season so i was expecting a totally different match and it comes out a zero zero draw i mean it helps it helps out some of the teams around them in the table for sure on both sides of you know noco and madison so yep. a draw here really really put a damper on both of these teams is uh hopes for where they're going to seed in the playoffs. And speaking of that gift, they provided other teams later that same night, North Carolina defeated central Valley Fuego three zero. Um, so by virtue of that victory, North Carolina jumped to first place in the standings. And uh, by the end of the week, Northern Colorado actually dropped to, to third, mm-hmm. but that's because of some of the Saturday matches. Cause Charlotte uh, defeated Ford Madison two zero. That featured a wacky goal. I don't rem- I don't know if you remember this one, but Stephen Payne uh, cleared the ball, and it ended up going off of uh, Corey Bennett's, I think it was his head or his shoulder or maybe his chest, but it was up high. Mm-hmm. And it bounced up high and actually yeah. went into the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, not one that you really see too often, that's for sure. Um, but that's exactly what this league is all about, is this wacky, weird stuff. So I'm all for it. Yeah. A goal is a goal. You got to take them however you can get them. Yes, sir. And then we had that chaotic match in Lexington where Chattanooga won 5-3 on the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, so unfortunate for, for Lexington to to give up 5-2 to, yeah. um, to Chattanooga in this match. And I mean, scoring three, you'd think, yeah, you score three goals more often than not you're winning the match but i mean five goals is insane so you got to give you got to give credit out to uh Chattanooga for really taking the fight to Lexington and not even you know Lexington not just falling out of the playoffs but Chattanooga flying them down out of playoff position in this one yep and speaking of credit toward Chattanooga they have now had two players on their team score more than 10 goals for the first time in club history. Uh, Rapapa Mensa uh, got his 10th goal of the season, and Siobhan Marsh uh, is sitting at 11 goals uh, this season. So congrats to those guys. Congrats to the club. So um, pretty historic win for them and a little bit of you know smaller history there happening off the field too. Yeah, it's always good to see. Yeah. And then another crucial win for Tormenta hosting One Knox. Man, that was a crucial, crucial win. Yeah, I mean this this really kind of uh, put a huge damper on One Knox's uh, playoff hopes here. Uh, this all but knocked them out of playoff contention. So yeah. um, obviously we got. Tormenta, who has to win every single match from here on out to sniff the playoffs. Man, I mean, they, they took the first step on Saturday. So step one yep. complete. Now you only got, what, four, three or four more steps to go? Yeah. You have Tormenta, who's won crucial matches last, let's see, two weeks ago against North Carolina. And then now this week, or last week against One Knox. Um, and then on the flip side, you have a one Knox team that was facing a crucial match against Greenville 
lost that one. And then they had another crucial match here with Tormenta and lost that one as well. So just a few weeks ago, I, I, I was one of the people who was saying that I felt comfortable about One Knox getting into the playoffs. Nope. That changed Not real quick. Yep, yep I, I'm right there with you. I thought uh, One Knox was going to have a, a serious chance to get in. Um, but doesn't look that way. But still time this season to make your first season in league one um successful in other ways um i mean it's setting you up to now you know what the league kind of looks like so build momentum into next year that should be the goal for the rest of the season for them yeah and then later on saturday night we also had union omaha hosting central valley taking a 2-1 victory it was a pretty nerve-wracking one though Mm -hmm. it was um but we we see this every week with Central Valley. They they don't lose by much when they lose. Um, it was a little strange to see them strike first and and it take Omaha twenty minutes to respond. Um, but um, that's that's what good teams do. They find a way to win. And uh, in this case, Omaha ended up grinding out a win against a a uh, a very scratchy and clawy style. Central Valley Fuego. Yeah, not only was Central Valley really um, doing a great job of battling it out there in the midfield, the goals that Union Omaha had to score in order to beat Central Valley, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Central Valley lost, but those are, man, those are, those are great goals uh, mm-hmm. to concede. So... I wouldn't hang your head too low if I'm Central Valley. Yeah, one of them. I mean, one of them just won goal of the week today. So, yeah. I mean, you, you can't be too upset about that. Just a great shot. Yeah. And then to finish off Saturday night, we had a one versus two matchup with North Carolina going on the road to Northern uh, Colorado and actually shutting out Northern Colorado on the road 2 0. Yeah. Um, this was a this was kind of one of those statement games, obviously. Um and I mean for North Carolina to go to Northern Colorado and get a two nil decisive victory like that um shows that they're serious as well. I mean there's there's three teams right now at the top of the league that are gonna be fighting for that number one spot. Um and it's NCFC Omaha and NOCO. So this was just one of those head-to-head matchups that possibly maybe a playoff preview or a, uh, a final preview. So, yeah. And then we finished off week 28 with a Greenville victory over Richmond in city stadium, uh, two to one. This was rescheduled because of the tropical storm. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that, I think it was Leo Castro there in the second half. Uh, that goal he scored Ooh. on his breakaway. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. When you uh, when you fake out the keeper with a fake shot and then just dribble around and put it in, that's don't no, just stop. Too, too good. Too cool. Yeah. And the pass to send him up top. That was a that was a good pass too. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So we're looking at predictions from week twenty eight. The results came in, and 
Brian, you were two and four. If we're if we're only looking at the weekend matches, mm-hmm. but despite the fact that you were two and four, you also predicted the exact score of the Richmond Greenville uh, match. So there you go, man. Yep. Congrats. <laughs> the fans were three and three. Um, if we include all of week twenty eight matches, they were four and four. Very and then nice. I and then I was four and two, and I predicted the exact score of the Union Omaha Central Valley match. So thank you. Um so yeah, it was a successful week all around um with our predictions. So now we move into some of the League One news. Uh this was Hot off the press just from earlier this afternoon, Union Omaha welcomed a new member to their ownership group, Nick Hexum, the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist from the band uh, 311, is now a part of the ownership group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, obviously with Omaha ties and stuff like that, and um, it's exciting to see uh, um, another one of the, I guess you call celebrity style um owners coming into another another team i know there's a few up in championship that have uh some some pretty famous owners as well so um it's good to see and it's good to see it expand down to the league one level as well so um always good things anytime anybody wants to buy into league one or a team in league one that's only good for the league itself yeah there are too many 311 base jokes that are going to be happening here even today, there were there were some good ones, um, but definitely coming in the future, yeah, there's there's going to be some good stuff. And then Spokane uh, just announced, I think it was today, um, that they have tryout dates set. So in Seattle on December second and third, if you go to Interbay Stadium, uh, you can be a part of their tryout dates those uh, during that period. If you go to Spokane in December 9th and 10th, um, they're still going to be announcing the location of that one. Uh, so keep an eye on that one if you are going to be one of those rare people that's going to be trying out. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on Spokane uh, for those tryout dates and make sure you uh, get out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe see uh, on the field. That information came uh, from Allison. Uh, so thanks for so submitting that nice. information. Yeah. She's on their uh, their mail list, so she was able to get some of that information. Oh, cool. I like it. And then also hot off the press earlier this afternoon, North Carolina signed an academy talent by the name of Adrian Palayo. Uh, he's a member of the Mexico U-17 national team, and he's been spending time with the Timbers 2 Academy. And an all-around highly coveted prospect. So congrats to North Carolina. Congrats to Adrian for signing the contract. Uh, big deal for, for such a young talent. Good for him. Yeah, especially this late in the season. If he gets signed now, it sounds like he's going to get sent up to championship with the team. So good on him. That's that's awesome. Exactly. He's setting himself up for some success, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then three clubs have now released... Hispanic Latino heritage kits. Uh, we talked about Richmond last week. Since then, Chattanooga and Greenville have entered the uh, the fray. Um, so it's it's going to be good to see all the the other 
you know, memorabilia that comes out and all the celebrations that happen as well. There's going to be some fun celebrations around the league this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I made note of it in the promotion um, section of each match that we have tonight. There's going to be some fun stuff to mention. And then we have plenty of birthdays around the league too. Uh, we have Arthur Rogers out of North Northern Colorado. We have Jackson Dietrich out of Northern Colorado. Anderson Holt out of Union Omaha. Just last week, we had Giovanni Willis and Steven Dos Santos and Dion Acoff out of Union Omaha. So a lot of birthdays out of the last 10 days. Happy oh, birthday yeah. to all you guys if you guys are watching or listening. Yeah, definitely. Happy birthday to you guys. Yeah. All right, let's jump straight into Week 29 previews. Nobody's playing twice. Nobody has a bye week, so we can skip by that stuff real quick here. Friday night, tomorrow night. It's so cool to think that we have matches starting tomorrow night, less than 24 hours. This is mm-hmm. so cool. We have Greenville hosting Northern Colorado. What a way to start the week. Yeah, this this is a uh, a potentially big uh, match here for, for both of these teams and for different spots in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, uh, Northern Colorado sitting on third place. Uh, a win here propels them up the ladder again. And here with Greenville sitting on 43 points, I mean, that puts them within striking distance of the independents. So that is another huge one. Just two teams trying to do the same thing, just in different spots of the table. So, yep. And Greenville's had a, a string of success recently, uh, coming off two straight wins. Um, you have to think this is going to be a fun one to watch. Greenville's defense going up against Northern Colorado's offense. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Uh, so if you are heading to this match uh, as a fan of either one of those clubs, or just a fan in general, please, thank you. Um Show your appreciation to Furman University for allowing Triumph to play at their uh, stadium um, this season. It's going to be Furman night on tomorrow night. Um, and Greenville is actually having a four-pack deal right now where if you buy uh, if you buy this four-pack of tickets, you get them for $50. Oh. So what is that, $12.50 a ticket? No, oh, you That's can't normal. beat that. You can't yeah. beat that at all. All right, so let's jump in here. We have Greenville, who is second in interceptions, first in successful tackles, second in clearances, and first in possessions gained in the final third. Those are some quality categories to be first or second in. Um, And if you think about how that affects Northern Colorado's style i mean how directly northern colorado plays that lines up perfectly for greenville's interceptions uh successful tackles the way that they load the the midfield and their defense work in tandem um they're gonna have plenty of opportunities for personnel to to outmatch um you know the oncoming northern colorado offense and get those successful tackles uh clearances obviously northern colorado is going to be you know, running on all cylinders to try to get up the the standings. So they're going to be plugging away and 
Greenville can have plenty of opportunities for clearances there. The one that gets me here is Greenville getting possessions in the final third. And I think this is going to be a key to success for Greenville in this match. Northern Colorado is very committed to moving forward. They play very, they play a very direct style of play. They, I mean, obviously you look at Arthur Rogers um, playing forward, uh, Trevor Ammon, um, you know, getting all those goals. You have that entire team that is constantly looking forward. They don't try to settle back. They don't try to swing the ball across the, the back line. This is an opportunity for Greenville to catch Northern Colorado on the fast break. Um, if they can counterattack with that kind of style and they can mobilize players into those spaces, this could be an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this um, it's kind of one of those deals where, I mean, we talk about this every week. There's these matchups that just seem tailor-made for each other. And obviously, as you said earlier, the the styles that these two play really go up strength for strength. You have the best quality with Northern Colorado as their attacking force, and you have Greenville's best quality be obviously being their defensive prowess. Um, but I feel like this, this match really is just going to come down to who can make the, the big pass in the most timely um, spots. So obviously you're going to have Northern Colorado that's going to want to run in behind and do all that and Greenville that's going to try to stop them. So these passes need to be pinpoint from Northern Colorado um, to get past this defense. And on the flip side, Greenville's passes, especially passes down the sides of the pitch, need to be on point as well. You can't be converting long passes at a a low clip against this Northern Colorado team because they are too quick on defense to simply outrun. So these, uh, this is definitely going to be a great match. Um, strength on strength, which is always what we love to see. Yeah, this is going to be one of those matches for Greenville. They're going to be relying heavily on to the production of players like Alan Gavalonias, uh, Noah Pilato, even uh, Liam McKinnon, if he's going to be playing. Mm -hmm. um, those are going to be players that are going to be setting up for the goal-scoring opportunities. Not to mention, you know, players like Aaron Walker um, and Lucas Coutinho. So if we're looking at Northern Colorado's defense. Um, well, I guess let's let's flip the script and look at Northern Colorado's offense because mm -hmm. they have failed to score in their last two matches. They failed to score uh, when they hosted North Carolina. They failed to score when they played at Ford Madison. They've been shut out three times at home. Last week against Northern Colorado, week 13 when uh, they played one Knox at home, and then uh, coincidentally, the other 
shutout at home was against Greenville when they played to a 0-0 draw. So this one has some, you know, there's some storylines here. This is going to be interesting. Not to mention the fact that Northern Colorado is first in goals, or they're tied for first in goals uh, conceded per match. Now, there's a little asterisk there because they're tied with two other clubs, one of which is Greenville uh, for goals conceded per match. Northern Colorado, as we saw earlier this week on social media, uh, is first in penalties conceded in the league this season. They've conceded 11 penalties, of which seven were scored. Now, if they're going to concede a penalty, and I'm stepping up to the dot, I don't feel very good about going up against Lalo. Mm-mm. I know that they they generally say that when you step up to the spot, you have like an 80% chance, an automatic like 80% chance of yes. scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going up against Lalo Delgado, I think that drops quite a, yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely does. Um, he definitely saves them a much higher clip than I think anybody we've we've seen in recent memory for sure. Yeah. Um, but then again, like the weird thing too about this is with Northern Colorado giving up this many penalties, Greenville's smart. Greenville knows how to play that game and draw those fouls in the box. So it's going to be very interesting to see, especially with um, with it coming to light, I guess, or being pointed out by um, Coach Amon out there um, about the penalty situation. One wonders how much more of it we're going to see now that it was pointed out. I wonder if that was his point as to pointing it out (laughs) but that's also something to look at big time this weekend because i know greenville will do uh will try to make the best of it they have smart enough and veteran enough players that can do it and it's interesting that you bring that up because northern colorado is second in yellow cards so going off of what you just said is a part of Greenville's game plan going to be getting into Northern Colorado's heads? I feel like it has to be, right? Yeah. Especially playing on the road in Windsor. Come on, man. You got to get out of there with at least a point. Yeah. This is this is a crucial match for, for Greenville. They have an easy schedule from here on out, like after they get past Northern Colorado. But this match here and now is going to be a big one for them. Yeah. And we've been sitting here, you know, it seems like we're dogging on Northern Colorado, but let's let's spin it and talk about how Northern Colorado can win this match. Because um Greenville is ninth in penalties uh gained. They have four all season, three of which they've scored. But the fact that they have um for all season doesn't bring a whole lot of confidence that they're going to be able to get a PK during that match. So I may lean off of that storyline a little bit, but here's where it gets interesting. Northern Colorado has 11 total clean sheets this season. They're second in the league in clean sheets. 
They have five clean sheets at home. And they are tied for fourth and fewest goals allowed at home. They have 18 goals uh, conceded across 14 matches. There have only been six matches with featuring four clubs where the opposition scored two or more goals against Northern Colorado while they're, while Northern Colorado is playing a home game. You have Charlotte who did so twice. You have Lexington who did so twice. And then you have Omaha and North Carolina. So four of the six times that they gave up two or more goals were against top four clubs in the league. That also means that every other home match, eight other home matches, Northern Colorado's opponent was held scoreless or only managed to get one goal. That's really damn good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it is definitely really good. Um, and actually uh, talking about the uh, six matches where two or more goals were scored on them. Uh, Tim with ranting blue B anguin media brings up a good point and wants to know what do we make of NOCO being only five wins, five losses, two draws against playoff teams, but 10, six and one against all others. That means that they're winning points where they should. And it's a lot closer at the top of the table than we like to think it is. Yeah. I would agree with that assessment. I mean, it, it I mean, I, you could also say the top four teams in the league have very potent offenses. I mean, it, they just do. And I mean, obviously the only times at home, NOCO has been scored on more than twice. Um, three of which are playoff teams and the other team is Lexington and we know Lexington plays up to their competition. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And uh, so prior to those two recent shutouts that I just mentioned in the five prior matches, Northern Colorado has scored 13 goals, 13 goals in five matches. Yeah, that's so, a lot. If you're looking at the entire season, Northern Colorado is the second highest scoring team at home. Um, so we've we've given you the storylines for Greenville. We've given you the storylines for Northern Colorado to win this match. Um, it's going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fun. All right, uh, let's see. Playoff updates for Greenville. They still sit at a magic number of five. They can clinch the playoffs this week if they beat Northern Colorado and One Knox loses to Charlotte. And as we said, they do have an easy schedule going forward. They play at Central Valley Fuego. They play at Chattanooga. They play, uh, and then uh, the very last week of the season, they play versus... Again, I'm sorry, they host Lexington Sporting Club. So pretty easy schedule going down uh, down the stretch. Every single one of the, the clubs they play after Northern Colorado 
has already been eliminated from the playoffs. They're in the bottom three of the, um, actually bottom four. Lexington, I think, is. Yeah, Lexington ninth is right ninth. Now. Yep. So bottom four clubs. So you would think Greenville would be able to pick up points down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Northern Colorado, even though they've clinched the playoffs already, with a win or a draw, they can clinch a top four finish and be guaranteed to host a playoff match um, in the playoffs. Well, yeah, playoff match. There you go. And their remaining schedule is a home match against Ford Madison and then a home match against Chattanooga. So not a terrible schedule down the stretch for them either. Not terrible at all. But, yeah, I mean, you have Madison who's fighting for positioning, so that one's going to be tough for sure. Um, And then Chattanooga. Chattanooga is Chattanooga. You never know what you're going to get out of them. So, <laughs> Very true. All right, prediction time. What you got? Oh, it's definitely going to be a hard-fought, hard-fought match, and it's going to be a tactically interesting match to watch. Um, and I feel like it just comes down to... Do I trust Northern Colorado's offense or Greenville's defense? I think I'm going to die on the Greenville's defense hill and take Greenville beating Northern Colorado 1-0. Wow. That may come back to bite me with the score prediction, but I do like Greenville in this match. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, I think Northern Colorado is going to come out playing with their hair on fire. I think they're going to win 2-1. So you're saying 0-1 Greenville, and I'm saying 2-1 Northern Colorado. All right, got to keep those for the records. Got to keep receipts. Got to have it. (laughs) All right, and then also tomorrow night, we just had a one versus two matchup last week. We're going to have another one versus two matchup tomorrow night. Northern, no, I'm sorry, North Carolina is hosting Union Omaha. Oh, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. This makes me really, really nervous, though. That's and when shame. anybody tells you, well, Union Omaha has the edge in the all-time series, disregard that stat altogether. North Carolina had the wooden spoon the past two seasons. They completely revamped their roster. They're a completely different roster, completely different club this season. Yeah. That means nothing. Yeah, they're a, a team built for the championship playing in League One. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. this is a completely different monster for sure. And if you are going to this match, uh, get there early because they are having a Festival Latino um, before the kickoff. They're going to have live music. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be food trucks. If you are one of the first 400 fans inside the gates, you get a free North Carolina Football Club mini cooler. So be one of those first 400 fans. Man, I want a mini cooler. It's great. You know how much I use coolers tailgating at the stadium all the time. Man. Yeah. So cool. All right, so this one, oh man, oh, we have so much to talk about here. Being that it's one versus two, um, oh, they've already played each other, what was it, twice this season, 
Yep. They're splitting the series. Uh, North Carolina won in week five. Union Omaha won in week 26. I feel like in both of those matches, though, the momentum was heavily toward the winner. Uh, even though it was a one-goal difference in both of those matches, the victor had the clear and obvious uh, momentum in those matches. Yeah, um, I think I would. I think I would agree with you on that. Just I was just now trying to think back to the first time that they these two teams played, and I believe that was that was one of the first two matches of the season. Because uh, I believe that was at. UNO's soccer field. Yeah, so it was, yep. Yeah, that, that rainy, if you want to call it rain, whatever it was, freezing cold day with rain, sleet, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they they grabbed the momentum early, uh, NCFC did, and they they held on to it. So yeah, I completely agree. And when you look at the scoring tendencies of these two clubs, North Carolina at home, Union Omaha away, it's very interesting because it's almost like they're yin and yang of each other. North Carolina has scored 24 times at home. Six of those 24 goals have come in the first half. 18 have come in the second half, which tells you that North Carolina, John Bradford and North Carolina are very good at making adjustments at halftime. Union Omaha strikes early on the road. Of their 17 goals, 11 have come in the first half. Six have come in the second half. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at goals conceded, North Carolina has conceded. So they've conceded 18 goals at home, 12 of which were conceded in the first half which favors toward Union Omaha. In the second half, they've only conceded six goals. Once again, making those adjustments. Union Omaha, in the first half, they conceded. So in total, Union Omaha has conceded 18 goals on the road. Eight of those goals came in the first half. Ten came in the second half. So kind of 50-50 there. Big storyline when you look at those stats is the adjustment that North Carolina can make. Mm -hmm. John Bradford is very good at deciding what he's going to do in the second half, how to make the adjustments, how to move his personnel around, yeah. and how to execute what he wants. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, this does not bode well for Union Omaha fans. Nope, not really. I went through the last 10, 11 weeks to find a little bit of a pattern with Union Omaha. From week 28 all the way back to week 18, Union Omaha has given up 20 goals. All season, they've given up 39. So over half of their goals have come in the last 10, 11 weeks. Not even, not even a third of the season. And in those 20 goals, 13 of those goals were in the second half. Of those 13 goals, nine were in 
what were after the 80th minute. Oh, man. It gets even worse. Of those nine, six were in second half stoppage time. Oof. But they are winning right now. Exactly. You can you can say all the of those kind of statistics that you want, but at the end of the 90 minutes, when that man in the middle of the field blows his whistle mm-hmm. and you look at the scoreboard, Union Omaha is still taking those three points. More yeah. I mean recently, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Different different at the beginning of the season though. We we gotta remember that this Omaha team has gone on this 30 point run of matches. Um, 10 wins in a row and they're still in second place. Yeah. So that just kind of shows that this Omaha team late this season is completely different from the team that started the season. And the exact opposite can be said about NCFC. This team started strong at the beginning of the season and it really has not waned. It's only gotten stronger as the season has gone on. There have been some concerns voiced about North Carolina's um, consistency. They've been dropping some matches lately. Mm-hmm. Um, even within their last seven matches, they've lost three. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It, this, this one is a toughie. This is, um, I mean, I... I have probably said this on the podcast, and if not, I've I've said it before. I, these two teams, I think, are going to finish first and second. It's just whoever wins this match, I feel, will end up wherever. The, whoever wins will end up in first place. Yeah. Let's look at those three losses that I just mentioned. The first loss was against against Northern Colorado Hailstorm. They were playing at home. Northern Colorado, obviously, top club in the league. Yep. Highly competitive match. Mm-hmm. So it's you, there's there's some leeway there. You know, it's understandable why they may drop that match. Sure. The next loss, Union Omaha. Once again, another top club in the league. It's understandable why they may drop results, you know, to a club like that. Mm-hmm. The third loss that they had in that seven-match uh, streak was to Tormenta just a couple of weeks ago. Tormenta is a completely different club when they're on the road. Yeah. And they they were playing with their backs against the wall, so they had a ton of meaning in that match. North Carolina may not have has as much meaning to that match, but Tormenta still pulled off the results. So, okay. it's not like they were dropping points to, I don't know, maybe say Lexington uh, at home. It's not like they were dropping points to Chattanooga when they were at home. Mm. They're, they're dropping points to quality teams that are coming in to carry North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, this one makes me really nervous. Yeah. This one is definitely... Jeez, uh... sorry. Um... Yeah, this if if you're a Union Omaha fan, this match scares you, and if you're an NCFC fan, this this match definitely scares you too. Um, this really could go either way. Um, you have two super strong teams that do both sides of the ball fairly well. Um, 
I, man, this is so tough. So tough to try to figure out. Um, yeah. You also have to take into account, I mean, Omaha's won 10 matches in a row. You have to think that that run comes to an end at some point this, you know, this season. Um, Knock on wood. I mean, yeah, as it's, as a Union Omaha fan, I, of course, I don't want it to happen, but it, no teams, it's kind of an unprecedented run. I mean, obviously with it being, um, with them, Omaha owning the, the win streak record, um, it's unprecedented. We haven't seen anything like this. So we don't know when it's going to end, but if you go from looking at other leagues and how it usually works, eventually they will lose or draw a match. Um, and you just, you just wonder, especially with the schedule that Omaha has for, um, for the rest of the season. I mean, they play NCFC tomorrow night and then they're back at home for, uh, versus Charlotte on a Wednesday night. Then they go to Tormenta and then to Madison. So yeah, that's, that's a tough, tough schedule. Um, and flip the script and it's it's opposite really i mean ncfc has a kind of middle of the middle of the pack schedule with going to lexington and then at home for the final match of the season against what knox um two teams potentially at this point that are going to be eliminated from playoff contention so heesh. yeah we're getting some quality comments in the YouTube chat from Sean and Tim, um, both raising good points as they go through these comments. Um, I agree with Sean that if uh, if I'm being selfish, uh, if Union Omaha does not get first, I want Northern Colorado to just because I can travel to Windsor a lot easier than I can travel to Cary, North Carolina. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. That's definitely the Union point, Omaha Sean. fan popping out in that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then Tim coming in saying that North Carolina is 7-5-2 and two versus playoff teams. Mm-hmm. That's that's strong. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Um, I mean, well, I wonder if Tim... Tim, maybe you can clarify. I'm assuming you're going wins, loss, draw on that one. So they're pretty close to even as far as wins and losses. So yeah. they obviously NCFC plays better against lower, lower, quote unquote, lower competition. Um, but Union Omaha is four, four, and four versus playoff teams. So. Yeah, that's about as middle of the road as you can get. Both of these teams do okay against <laughs> playoff teams, um, yeah. but with how competitive the top of it's been this season, I mean it. It doesn't shock me at all. Oh, and if you're looking at the playoffs, North Carolina has not only clinched playoffs, but they've also clinched first round bye. Or they've clinched, sorry, not first round by. They've clinched a first round uh, home playoff match. Mm-hmm. With any kind of result, 
whether it be a draw or a win for Union Omaha, they can do the same. Mm-hmm. They can also do so if, um, let's see, Greenville draws or lost or loses against North Carolina, gosh, Northern Colorado, or Charlotte draws or loses to One Knox. There's a lot to say there. Well, I mean, by by that logic and my prediction from the last match, Union Omaha will have a, a home playoff match. Yeah. So um, what's also interesting about this match is if North Carolina ends up winning um, and Northern Colorado lose, which, um, again, I'm, I'm predicting yeah. that that will lock up a... Um, a the highest jump in the table from one season to the next in league history. So, and I'm getting that from the the League One website here. So, yep. potential for some. There's a lot of records being broken this season in this league, and it yep. is insane. Would not have picked that uh, this season, but here we are, close to the end of the season. Yeah, we figured it was going to be an offensive season, but man, this is with as many records are that are being thrown out the window. I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. All right, so we've come to that dreaded points of this discussion, Brian. All right, prediction time. What you got? I'm going to try to be as impartial as possible on this. Um, with taking into account run of form, which is the big one for me, um, and the recent match, Union Omaha coming out on top against uh, NCFC, I'm I'm gonna pick Omaha, but I have a feeling Omaha does the exact same thing that they always do, and gives up goals late to make it difficult to watch without pulling my own hair out. But I will take Union Omaha 2-1. to one. I feel like it would be way too easy to just call this a draw, and I, I don't want to take the easy way out. Yep, that's exactly where I was as well. And I'm not afraid to admit that my bias is totally influencing my decision here. I am going to go with... I'm going to call this one a a barn burner. I'm going to go with like a 3-2 victory for Union Omaha. You go 3-2 victory and... Since they put it in the live chat, I'm going to read it out. Tim with Ranting Blue Penguin says Union Omaha wins 3 to 1. Oh, okay. And Sean says 3 Sean. to 2. 3 to 2, Sean. There we go, buddy. But Tim also saying he's not hating a draw here. A draw here it yeah. I mean it that's uh, it, I didn't want to choose a draw, so I didn't. But I actually feel like that's probably what's going to happen. 
I feel like this these are two teams that are so evenly matched that a draw is the smarter decision. But yeah. I'm just gonna stick with my guns and say UO takes it two to one. But and that's true, Union I'm, Omaha does have a game at hand, but they will make that up on Wednesday night against yes. Charlotte. I'm not afraid to admit that if Northern North God, there it is again. It's tough. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that if North Carolina and Union Omaha met at midfield, had a handshake for a gentleman's agreement and sat on their asses for 90 minutes and took the draw, I would not be upset with that. <laughs> it would be a very weird thing to happen in League One, which would totally fit League One. Definitely does. But I would be okay with that. Just Man. putting it out there into the into the ether. Yeah. I know that both John Bradford and Dominic Casciato were like, oh hell no. <laughs> we're going for the three points. No, oh yeah. Players as well, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. Can you imagine the uh for the players on Union Omaha who played last season, uh the the aspect of revenge going up against up against Rafa Menz again again? Oh yeah. It's oh. gotta be something. Gotta be something. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next Saturday match. Uh Charlotte hosting one Knox. Now this is a a match between a club that's very comfortable in their playoff position versus a club that is hanging by the I mean the skin of their chinny chin chin. Oh yeah. Um this one's gonna be fun to watch. Uh let's see, they play at five PM Eastern time and you know Omaha and North Carolina play at seven. Oh, that's on Friday, so we're that's good. on Friday, yeah. Saturday. I may actually be able to watch this one. Oh, but there's yeah, I'm gonna I I definitely plan on Yeah, I plan on watching some of this. Definitely after, you know, by the end of the weekend, I'll have watched it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll but, be a good one for sure. Um, you have you have Charlotte, who, again, has been a team that has gone completely under the radar, um, playing against... One Knox, who has not. I mean, they've they've looked good at times, and they have looked not so good at times. Um, but the biggest thing here for me is with Charlotte being at home, they are the second best team in the league when it comes to playing at home. And Knoxville is dead middle of the pack when it comes to playing away. Um, Charlotte don't does not give up a whole lot at home. <laughs> No, they, don't. they they average less than one goal per match at home and they score almost two goals at home per match so um yeah something something there is has got to give uh if one knocks really wants to come out 
on top on this one. But, I mean, the stats don't look that bad either for Wadnox. If you look at their away goals, they average about a goal away. But they only give up a goal away as well, which I suppose fits right into their middle-of-the-pack away ranking. So, yep. definitely going to be interesting. And another interesting thing is in this entire series between one Knox and Charlotte, Knox actually has the advantage, winning the first matchup this season in Week 14 and the Week 24 matchup being a 1-1 draw. So, Charlotte still has yet to beat Knoxville. Yeah. The only team that uh, Charlotte has not defeated yet this season. So that's that's a huge feather in one Knox's cap. Mm-hmm. And one Knox has conceded the least goals to Charlotte. Uh, they've only conceded one goal to Charlotte all season, which is incredibly surprising considering the firepower that Charlotte has. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's see. They've put up eight goals against Chattanooga. They've put up four against Central Valley. They've put up four against Greenville, four against Lexington. I mean, if you look at even against North Carolina, They've put up three. North Northern Colorado, they've put up eight. Union Omaha, they put up three. This is a Charlotte Independence team that can score. Yeah. Seemingly at will. Yet one Knox is their Achilles heel. Every club has that one club that mm-hmm. is their Achilles heel. And yep. we found it in Charlotte. We sure have. And if you are going to this match, make sure that uh, you take advantage of their recent offer. This week only, Charlotte fans, if you buy a ticket for this Saturday's match, you also get one for the home match on October 14th against Tormenta FC. It's a buy one, get one. How would you not take advantage of that opportunity? Love a BOGO. Yeah. So if you are in the area, if you are in Charlotte, Go to their website, buy tickets, go to the matches, support the club, have a great time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wow, this this match is deceivingly good. Um, You look at it and you're thinking, well, one knocks, not really a shot at the playoffs. I mean, looking at the league's. The league's website, they have a less a 2% chance of making the playoffs at this point. A lot of things have to go their way, but they have to take care of business in front of them. 2% is still um, is still a percentage. And being a Miami Heat fan this season, they gave Miami Heat a 3% chance to beat the Celtics in the, the Eastern Conference playoffs. So it can be done. It's been done already this year, just not in soccer. So... Um, yeah, you just never give a hope up hope. And I mean, you've got, you've got Charlotte's number this year. Um, it's, it's going to be going to be tough, but it, it can be done. So the, the key to this match, if I were to say that there was a key to this one, 
obviously one Knox's defense has to come up big. They have to perform. They have to stop Charlotte's offense, which is a strong suit of this one Knox team. So yeah, I, yeah, but that Charlotte offense is potent to say the least. Exactly. Um, I, I have routinely said this. I do not feel comfortable lining up against the Charlotte Independence offense with the likes of Gabriel Overton, mm-hmm. Trezor Mbuyu, Dane Kelly, Joel Johnson. I mean, these are guys who are just so good. Corey Bennett. Yeah, they got, they got some dudes, that's for sure. Miguel Ibarra. So... One of my favorite players to watch in the league is Miguel Ibarra. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to admit that. That guy, like, yeah. If I could chat with that guy, I would I would love to to get some insight into how he plays the game, how he's able to control the midfield, how he's able to find those lanes to find so many assists. Because mm-hmm. uh, he has seven on the season so far. He's a lot of fun to watch. That whole team is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They silently produce. There's so much attention that's being pulled toward Union Omaha, toward North Carolina, toward you know other clubs uh, throughout the league. I mean, there's there's so much attention being taken elsewhere. Charlotte is not getting enough attention. And uh, they may be a club in a few weeks where we be where we may be looking back thinking how are we not talking about them more mm-hmm. um but for this match alone one knocks and you you spoke to it they have a great defense they have to live up to that reputation and they have to stop charlotte mm-hmm. i mean one big go ahead one big thing with them um obviously is uh Sean Lewis in goal. I mean, yes, he's leading right now for Golden Glove still. So um, you have the leader of Golden Glove in your in between the sticks. So um, great goalkeeping is going to give you a chance. You just need your defense to do their to do their thing. Um, no, no, no small task against this Charlotte team. Uh, I will admit, but. Yeah, it's this is going to be a a match where both of these. I mean, it's it's been kind of the same as the rest of the matches. The it's the best on best. I mean, Knoxville's best at defending, Charlotte's best at attacking. So, which one's going to win? At, which one's going to show um, why that part of their game gets so much praise? Yep. Um. If I'm going to lean on anybody in the One Knox organization for this match, I'm going to lean on Kelly Rosales. Um, He's been very productive for that club in recent weeks, Mm -hmm. and they need that production from him this week as well. Um. He's he's an emotional leader of that team. Um, he certainly 
a statistical uh, producer for them as well. They need to to step up for this game, and they need to to match Charlotte toe to toe at the line. They're playing for their season. I mean, if you let's let's look at their elimination scenario here uh, for one Knox. Their elimination scenario is uh, if they lose to Charlotte and Madison wins or draws versus Lexington, they're out. There's also a scenario involving one Knox drawing, but if you're a one Knox fan, if you're a one Knox player, you have to brush all that aside. You can only look at winning this match. Mm-hmm. You can't consider another result. Your back is against the wall. You can't sit here and do the math and think, okay, well, if we do this, then we can rely on these results over here. You control your own destiny here. If you win, you are still safe. But playing Charlotte, mm-hmm. that's tough. Playing Charlotte at home, like in Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, then they, they, one Knox does not have the most kind schedule coming up either. I mean, they are playing at home against Richmond, which now doesn't look as scary, but then they also go to NCFC to end the season. So, um, yeah, that's. That's that's real tough for him. All right, so let's jump ahead and get into predictions here. What are you thinking? Do I pick a draw in this one because I didn't in Omaha and NCFC? <laughs> I think I will. Uh, I re- I really like Sean Lewis and goal, um, even against this this very good uh, attacking Charlotte team. But um, I feel like he's going to let one in. But I also feel like Charlotte's defense has been suspect at times and is susceptible. So I'm going to go with a one-one draw. One-one draw. Okay. I am going to go with I think Charlotte man this is a tough one I'm going to go with a Charlotte 2-0 victory it's fair so you think their one knocks is chances for the playoff almost assuredly die Saturday night. I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the scruffs out there if you're watching or listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think your season's over this weekend. Yeah. Tough to argue with. 
Over in the YouTube chat, uh, Tim is saying one zero Knox. Wow. The maximum He's... a one one draw. Yeah. Ooh. Sean coming in. Ah, he's throwing some NFL talk in there, saying the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. He's a Detroit guy. Of course, he's going to say that. Not going to lie. I know absolutely zero about the NFL. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even gotten into football mode yet. Not even college, like college or pro. I haven't even gotten into football mode yet. Oh, no. College football is my big, my big first love. As soon as college football hit, that's what I was, uh, that's what I've been watching. Other than obviously League One matches, but as soon as League One is over, I'll start getting into football. That'll be around the same time that hockey is starting, so I'll get into hockey. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, here and now, my entire focus is on League One. But uh, I'm liking the predictions you guys are putting out there. Oh yeah. All right, so let's jump into the next Saturday night match. We have Ford Madison hosting Lexington. This is going to be it. This one is, man, you better get your speedometer out because this is going to be a fast one. Yeah. um, I mean, this one. Oh, boy. Well, let's let's talk about what they got going on first before we... (laughs) really get into it um it's latino heritage night um up there in in madison um and obviously again madison just knocking it out of the park with promos here 26 dollars gets you uh, a ticket to the flock end a 16 ounce modello and a fruit cup and a poster so i mean Again, I, it doesn't need to be said, but Madison and their promo nights are some of the best, not only in League One or even the soccer sphere, but I mean their their promo packages are are better than some minor league baseball teams as well. So, um, yeah, you credit where credit is due. They've they've done a phenomenal job all season and and have since since their inception. And if you have not seen that poster yet, check it out. Because that is a beautiful poster. Um, full credit to the artists that are involved with the uh, the creation of this poster. Now, if I butcher your name, I am so sorry. Rodrigo uh, Carapia. Carapia? Yeah? Sure. And then Isis Macias. I don't... I don't Hopefully it's not Isis. I really don't want to say Isis Macias. But this is Macias. Uh, so check out this poster. If you are in Madison, if you go to this match, get a poster because it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then if you're at that match as well, if you get there between four and five, you can go check out uh, Mexican soccer legend, legend uh, Carlos Salcido. He's going to be there for pictures and autographs on a first come, first surf basis. So the earliest you get there, the better chance you have of getting a picture and an autograph. So make sure to get in front of that line. And speaking of promos that you were just talking about, did you see their video when they were lampooning that uh, car commercial earlier this week? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's Madison's game. Their social media be strong. Yeah, that was too damn good. I was just waiting for someone to do that. 
And of course, it'll be Ford Madison that would do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They jumped right on it as per usual. Um, so obviously, a great job goes out to the social media team on that. And yeah. also, uh, great job for everybody coming out and doing their school supply drive uh, last Wednesday. They said it was a great success and uh, they wanted to thank everybody who donated and everybody that was involved. So, um, always love to see school supply drives. It's something that definitely needs to to happen more often, um, especially with how how expensive things are getting now. And um, kids should never go out without supplies for school. So that should always be food and supplies for school. Anything school related should be fully funded. And if we got to help make that happen, then obviously that's what we need to do. But Great job, everybody. Yeah, so be it. We got to support each other. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty of this match. Because we still have the Ramos players that are filling in. Uh, We have Atez Diouf, uh, who has been on fire for Lexington. Yeah. Uh, Not to mention... Uh, Khalid Balligan, uh, not to mention Amal Knight for Lexington. Um, there are a lot of big names that are going to be in- involved in this match. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I mean, we haven't even mentioned like Christian Cheney or Derek Gebhardt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Jay Nonan for Ford Madison. Um, I wonder... How Ford Madison is going to deal with the high press? Yeah, it'll be interesting. They've had they've had some issues with it this season. Definitely going to be something to look out for. Um, I guess for me, I just Lexington is not very good away from home. I mean, and that that is an understatement. They've won one match away from home and lost ten. I mean that and the, their away form is just atrocious. Um, they give up over two goals per match on average, and they only score about one and a half goals a match. Um, and have yet to have a clean sheet on the road. That just does not bode well, and especially going into forward Madison, who has always had terrific fan support. Expect it to be no different for this one. That's, excuse me, that's a really tough ask for any player on Lexington to go into that kind of atmosphere with the away form that they have to try to steal a victory when you're already eliminated from the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Ford Madison is a club that is very pass-oriented. Glazer has certainly instilled that style amongst them. They are also a very accurate passing team. They will spend time swinging the ball left and right, trying to find those open channels in their opposition. So Lexington, it's going to feed right into Lexington's high press. If 
Ford Madison can get past that initial press, I think that opens up a lot of opportunities for Ford Madison going forward into the um, the final third. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a, a key factor for Ford Madison. Um, another thing that Ford Madison is really good at is working the midfield. They intercept a lot of passes. So with Lexington's direct style of play, that may play right into Ford Madison's uh, hands. We've seen Ford Madison transfer to that 3-5-2 formation when they go on defense. So if you're crowding the midfield, you're closing down those passing lanes, you're opening up all, all those opportunities for interceptions and counterattacks. Um, Ford Madison has also had a lot of clean sheets. Uh, I think they're even, I think when Chip was texting us earlier this week, he was even saying that the, they're at, they're uh, close to breaking the, the league record. Now they have 12 clean sheets right now and the record is 14 set in 2021 by Greenville and 2019 by Greenville and North uh, Texas. So they still have an opportunity because they have, what, three matches left in their season? So they theoretically could break that uh, that record, but I'm not terribly concerned about that one at this point. No. no. At this point, let's just get into the playoffs. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean their their magic number right now is six. So um, they can get it this weekend, but they do need a little bit of help. They need to beat Lexington and have Tormenta lose against Richmond, and one Knox lose or draw to Charlotte. So all possible, um, but honestly, with with the matches left in the season, Madison just needs to to get six points however they can. Yeah. Um, and then they don't have to worry about help from other teams at that point. Yeah. You know, for me, to sum it up very succinctly, I think Lexington's style is playing right into Ford Madison's hands. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't want to say that Lexington is walking into a firing squad. At the same time, I don't think this is looking very good for Lexington. No, I I would completely agree with you. So let's uh, jump straight down into uh, predictions. What are you thinking? Uh, taking, taking into account the away form of Lexington, the the home form of Madison and then the, the fans that are going to be there in Madison. Um, uh, and for Madison fighting for playoffs right now and Lexington, not, I, I have to give the nod to forward Madison and I, I think it's going to be pretty convincing. I'm going to say three nil forward Madison. Oh, I was going to say the same damn thing. <laughs> All right. So I got to change it. I don't want to be the same with you. Um, yeah, it's it's funny how we look at certain clubs and we automatically 
incorporate their fans mm -hmm. as having such a huge influence into the final result of the match. We look at Richmond, we look at Ford Madison, we look at Union Omaha. Um, the fan presence certainly has an effect of the play on the field. I think right along with you, we're going to see that this weekend. You say 3-0. I'll go 3-1 just to, to give Lexington a goal there. Yeah, I, I, I hate to do it to Lexington, um, but this one they just seem a little bit outmatched against <laughs> this forward Madison team. Um, and also Tim in the live chat throwing his prediction out there saying two to nil forward Madison. So, all right. Looks like we're all about on the same page in this match here. Yeah. All right. And speaking of clubs that seem to be outmatched here, hopefully you and I agree on this one. So I'm not spouting off on you here. We have Richmond hosting Tormenta. And if you are in the Richmond area, go to this match. There's a craft beer festival. Enough said. Mm -hmm. But if you get a ticket to the beer festival, and I think there's going to be, what, nine breweries and distillers? Excuse me. I'm drinking plenty of beer. There's going to be, like, I think, I think I'm pretty sure there's going to be nine uh, breweries and distillers at this beer festival. Um, so get a ticket, go to the match, support Richmond, um, enjoy some drinks along the way. It's going to be a great night, another great night at City Stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, hard to turn that down. Oh, yeah. Um, but as far as the match goes, it's kind of hard to think this is going to go any other way than the tormental win. And I hate to jump straight into predictions, but Richmond has lost their last three. Mm -hmm. They've lost three in their last five. We can go even further into their recent losses. I don't think they've won a match in a couple months, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, it was July, early July. Their last win was on July 1st. There you go. Congrats, Brian. See, that's why right. I went back and forth between June or July. <laughs> I just couldn't remember. It was basically the same damn time. It was in July. Yeah. Can't be wrong if you say both of them at the same time. Yeah. So in their last three, six, nine, twelve, thirteen matches... They have not won a single one. And you are lining up against the high-powered, highly motivated Tormenta team that is playing on the road. Mm -hmm. And Richmond does not play well at home. They are the second worst home record team. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to beat an already down team in Richmond, but I, I really unless Swatsky pulls something out of his ass on this one, I I can't see it going any other way than Tormenta getting a W. Yeah. And 
Uh, I think um, Alex posted on Twitter that he wasn't going to be there uh, for this one. I think he went to his last Richmond match either last week or the week before. I think I remember um, seeing that, yeah. And, uh, well, we know Yogi's going to be there. Yeah. I just, man, this is going to be, this is one of the ones where it's it's a lot easier to call. It's It's tougher to draw a lot of storylines out of this one. Mm-hmm. It just seems straightforward. I'm sorry. I I apologize to the Richmond fans out there. This one just seems so straightforward. Yeah, I agree. In that case, let's just jump straight into the predictions for this one. What'd you got? I think it's going to be close, um, but three to two, Tormenta. Tormenta. Okay. Oh, and um, Tormenta, they do face an elimination scenario here. So, if Greenville beats Northern Colorado and Tormenta loses to Richmond and Madison beats Lexington, um, Tormenta's out of the... Out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to, to have happen, though. Yeah, it's a couple of ands in there. Yeah. There's no draw room in there either. It's all wins or losses. Yeah. And neither of us is predicting a tormental loss here, so that pretty much squashes everything there. Um, so for me, I am going to go with a... Man, I hate to say it, but I'm going to go... Th- 3-0 Tormenta. Oof. Yeah. I I I think this one's this one could be ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tim in the live chat also saying two to one for uh Tormenta. Two to one. Okay. And also Tim dropping in and saying not just supporting Richmond going back to the uh craft brewery discussion is they have a link that if you buy a ticket for the match, they donate $5 for every ticket to a youth futsal player who got selected for the U.S. national team. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So, yeah, another great cause, another reason to get out to City, City Stadium. Um, not like Richmond fans need another excuse to get out to City Stadium. They show up regardless. So yeah. um, that's good. That's really cool that uh, they decided to donate for uh the futsal players too i hadn't seen that promotion yet that is really really cool good on richmond for doing that Mm -hmm. they also uh brought on a new person for their front office Uh, i think she's going to be taking charge of the women's team i'm happy to see that they're uh expanding the 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 women's front office there too i i I have for not having her name on hand I had not seen that yet. That's that's awesome, though. Uh, I can look that up really quick, though, before we get into the next match, which is going to be a fun one to discuss. Uh, yeah. Richmond. And Tim's saying she's communications and management for the women's team. Yes, that's that's the headline I'm looking for. Thank you, Tim. Um, Mannion McGill- McGinley. She's going to be communications and digital media manager. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, she's going to be helping out with uh, Richmond Kickers and the W League, uh, Richmond, Virginia, as yeah, as that media manager. So that's really freaking cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Oh, and we skipped uh, over some Tormenta news. Because that was that was a short one. Uh, so Tormenta's senior director of business operations, Aaron Cranford, is leaving the club. He's going to be the new director of digital media over at uh, MLS uh, Orlando City, as well as NWSL's Orlando Pride. Yeah, wearing multiple yeah. hats there. Yeah. So congrats to uh, to Aaron for for getting that promotion. That's a hell of a promotion too. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Um, just going to throw the plug out there, you know, Tormenta, if you're hiring, it sounds like you are, let us know where we can submit the resume. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, all right. So we go into our final match of week 29, Saturday night between Chattanooga and Central Valley Fuego. This one is for the wooden cup or the wooden spoon. Sorry. Wooden spoon. Uh, if you are going to this one, if you are in Chattanooga, get to the stadium early. They're going to be having a beer fest between six and seven thirty at the stadium, twenty nine ninety nine for a ticket, and that's going to get you unlimited samples to fifteen local, regional, and national breweries, as well as a general admission ticket and a Red Wolves Stein. And hopefully, it's something you know, high quality like this Union Omaha Stein here. Mm -hmm. uh, if while you're drinking, if you are looking to get some food, they're also going to have some hot dog sliders and beer cheese uh, available for purchase. I'm not looking forward to all the memes of people eating hot dogs and both Chip and I being thrown into that discussion. Yeah. The, Thank you, Union Omaha, for that one. Yeah, the cameras at Warner are not forgiving. <laughs> They got me. Uh, there's also going to be an inflatable house for any kids that are 10 and younger. Sweet. So that'll be cool. All right. So for this one, this like we said, this is going to be for the wooden spoon. If Chattanooga wins, Central Valley gets the wooden spoon. Central Valley has to win every single match the rest of the season. At the same time, they need Chattanooga to lose every match. The rest of the season in order for central valley to not get the wooden spoon yeah and central valley is going to the den mm -hmm. yeah another great atmosphere and uh i mean these teams have come on a little bit um late in the season so this this match Three or four weeks ago would have looked like, okay, well, snooze fest, like, who cares? But um, this actually has a little bit of intrigue. Um, Chattanooga, in their last five, has four wins and a draw. And Central Valley Fuego, excuse me, is three wins and two losses. So both teams getting some wins in their last five. So, and I mean, the, I guess getting hot when it counts, I, I'm not really sure. Um, but 
this is definitely going to be one uh, to tune into, if especially if you're concerned about the Wooden Spoon race and who you chose to win the Wooden Spoon this year. Um, maybe like the person sitting to the left on my screen um, might want to look at that. But uh, yeah, this is... Uh, this is a tough one um, because if uh, Chattanooga wins, Central Valley is the wooden spoon winner or recipient, whatever we're going to call them. Um, and Fuego needs to win out and have Chattanooga excuse me, lose out or lose one and draw two because they, Central Valley has the tiebreaker. And for several weeks, like you said, I was saying I was wholeheartedly, I was very confident saying that Central Valley was not going to get the wooden spoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not the same anymore. They're going to get the wooden spoon. Uh, I See, this is, this is where I, you still might have hope because if you look at the remaining schedule for chattanooga they play two playoff teams which i don't it's the fifth easiest or eighth toughest in the league but they're playing greenville and northern colorado that that seems very skewed to to me i don't feel like that's the fifth easiest home or uh finishing schedule for the season yeah um and Central Valley has a much easier one with uh, Greenville um, and then at Richmond to end the season out. So that's the third easiest. I, I, I mean, who knows? With these two teams, it, there's not really an easy part of anything. I, I feel like these two teams this season have just been unlucky. So honestly, even stepping foot off the bus is probably difficult at this point for both of these teams. Okay, so if you are listening or watching and you're thinking Chattanooga has this one in the bag, let me throw some doubt into your confidence here. Because Central Valley has 20 points on the season. Of those 20 points, four have come from their matchups against Chattanooga. They have a win and a draw against Chattanooga. A fifth of their points have come from one single club. In fact, the only shutout that Central Valley has on the road is against Chattanooga. Oof. Chattanooga has only been shut out at home. Let's see. They've been shut out at home twice. The one of them was against Northern Colorado. And obviously, as we just mentioned, the other one is Central Valley Fuego. So there's some doubt in this one. Central Valley can play and they can compete in these kind of matchups. Mm -hmm. We saw them play up to Union Omaha last week. Yep. Um, 
Chattanooga. Let's see. Chattanooga won. Yeah, they had that 5-3 victory over Lexington last week. And man, they struck fast in that first half. Uh, I think the key for Chattanooga in this in this matchup, you have to strike fast like you did against Lexington. Mm-hmm. You have to take away any and all confidence away from Central Valley as soon as possible. Yep. As soon as you take away their confidence, you can ride out that match like you did against Lexington. Yeah, they got three goals, but at the same time, by halftime, that one was over. For Central Valley, the key is going to be canceling out players key to that are integral to Chattanooga's offense. And when I mean those players, I'm looking at Riley Kraft. I'm looking at Javon Marsh. Um, obviously, you can throw Rapapa Mensa in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, the way that Central Valley played against Union Omaha, they have to do that again against Chattanooga. You have to stack your midfield. You have to close down those, those passing lanes. And you have to work at gaining possession. Um, once you gain possession, you gain opportunities on goal. You cannot afford to give Chattanooga any opportunities uh, against you. They have proven players who can be productive um, on the field, on the scoreboard, on the stats sheet, whichever way you want to look at it, they can hurt you. Um, yeah, for Chattanooga, you got to strike early. For Central Valley, you got to dominate the midfield. You got to cancel out any connection between um, the defense and midfield and the top line got to cancel them out mm-hmm. um so if we're gonna do predictions for this one what are you thinking oh it's in the den uh neither of these teams are very good in either of these positions home or away so um, but I'm gonna go with with Chattanooga in the den. Um, their their run of form has just been better recently, and I feel like they're I feel like they are the better team in this one. So give me Chattanooga. Four to two. Wow, you were really close to Tim. In the YouTube, he's saying 3-2 Chattanooga. 3-2 chat? Yep. Yeah. I think this one's going to be uh, a one-goal difference. I think it's going to be way less scoring. I'll take 
Chattanooga 1-0. So what was your prediction in? You said 3-2 uh, Chattanooga? 4-2 Chattanooga. 4-2 Chattanooga. And I said 1-0. All right. All right, so that is all of our predictions and previews for week 29. Um, we didn't have any questions submitted, but I had one that I had for you. So recently, <laughs> okay. uh, Seattle Sounders released their rebranding uh, within the MLS. Mm-hmm. Right? They had that, they had four different logos in there. Um, embracing their tradition, um, looking forward, you know, to the future, kind mm-hmm. of a minimalist logo. Yeah, I like it. Which USL League One club is next in line for a rebrand, and uh-huh. which one desperately needs one? Oh man, which one's next in line for a rebrand? Because they've been around for so long, I'm gonna have to say Richmond. They could go through. They could go through a rebrand, and it wouldn't be like changing the identity of their club because they've gone through rebrands before. So, I feel like Richmond is the next in line for one. And as far as what team desperately needs one, oh Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm asking you to throw clubs under the bus on two fronts. <laughs> well, the Richmond one makes sense. Like, yeah, they've they've been around forever. They they can rebrand yeah. every few years and no big deal because they're established. They ain't going nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, oh, man. If I had to choose somebody for a rebrand, Forward Madison. Really? No, no, I wouldn't pick anybody for. <laughs> I don't think anybody needs a rebrand. I think I, I, it's like everybody's logos, everybody's stuff. It's just Forward Madison is more fun to poke fun of because their <laughs> brand is probably the strongest brand in the league. So changing that would ruin <laughs> that that team. So. That's no. why I was so surprised. Yeah, no, that was a completely meme answer. I, I don't have, have yeah, I don't have an answer for teams <laughs> that there there's not a team that needs a rebrand. Nice. There's only one team that could do it, but does not need to. Yeah, I wouldn't mind um seeing Richmond do a rebrand. Just go um, with a retro rebrand. Can I uh, throw Spokane into that mix and say that they need a rebrand? Sure. I'm I'm not a fan of their logo. <laughs> no, I, it's it's something. Um, yeah. We'll see what they do with it. I think. I. Yeah. I wasn't completely in love 
full full transparency, I wasn't completely in love with Union Omaha's at first, but it, it definitely really? grew on me. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't like head over heels for it, but I also didn't think it was terrible. I, th- I thought no, I didn't it think was, it was terrible at all. No, I thought it was cool and unique. Um, so I was leaning more toward the positive side. Uh, but I certainly wasn't like, oh, that's a terrible design or anything like that. No, no, I, I didn't have strong feelings either way on it, but it has definitely grown on me. Yeah. Um, for me, if I were to do any club or oh, next in line for a rebrand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see why you'd say Richmond. Um, might even, yeah, I can see why you'd say Richmond. I, I might like North Carolina is a simple. I get mm-hmm. it. They don't have a moniker, so there's nothing like there's no like animal or object to embrace there. It's just a shield. Like right. the star, you know. Um so yeah, I, I'll go with Richmond for the next in line as far as desperately needs one. Um if I were to say anyone, I'll give two suggestions. I'll give Chattanooga just because the wolf has been lampooned so many times to being a sad wolf. Yeah. They may want to change that. Um, just to embrace like a different logo for the wolf or some incorporation of, you know, for the club. Mm-hmm. At the same time, maybe Fuego. I see the the fire and all that kind of stuff, but the black and green stripe situation on the left side of that shield mm-hmm. doesn't jump out as much with the clarity. I mean, I I understand what the shield means. I've I've read the the description of, you know, what it means to the the club history and everything. Maybe more emphasis on the flame, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's any club that's desperately in need of one. Um, but those would be my two suggestions for clubs that could use alterations to their logos. Mm-hmm. That's fair. All right, let's check out the YouTube chat here. We got Allison and Tim going back and forth here. Um, Yeah, so Allison and I have chatted about this on several occasions. Uh, Spokane... Uh, she informed me that Spokane is the Lilac City. Why Spokane did not embrace the color Lilac mm-hmm. is beyond me. Yeah. Another missed opportunity, instead of going with Spokane, calling yourself Lilac City. That would have been fucking cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... Spokane missed on a couple opportunities there. Um, it's always but, third kits, though. Exactly. It's always third kits. There's always third kits. Yeah. 
And let's see here. Do I want Fuego's flame with or without? Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tim. There, there's uh, Tim. Tim is full of some fire. Uh, fire tonight that uh, I don't think we need to keep dumping on on some of the teams that that we're going after. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. It's definitely gonna be definitely gonna be a good weekend yeah. of matches. I think we've we covered them pretty well. Yeah. See if any more teams lock up playoff spots this weekend. They have the potential to, so Yeah. So that's why we titled this episode Is This the End? You know? Mm-hmm. We don't know if every single playoff spot's gonna be taken this weekend. Uh very well could be. There's a lot of exciting storylines to come. And we can't wait to talk about it next week uh, once everything happens. We have a ton. Okay, tomorrow is going to be a huge day for social media for us because we're going to be throwing out our power rankings, our best, worst uh, finishes for this week. We have the playoff scenarios. We have the polls. Uh, Hopefully, if I stay up late enough, I can get the videos uh, situated for previews for tomorrow's matches. It's going to be a big day for us tomorrow on social media. So follow us on Twitter. Um, We will be throwing out a ton of stuff tomorrow. Next week, Brian and I have been doing some research. Uh, We're going to be throwing out some tables, uh, some graphics for League One stats next week. Uh, That'll be a lot of fun. Very interesting to see how those discussions go. Um, Aside from that, Keep following us, and we'll be back next week for another episode of League One on the Rocks. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys.